Welcome to Men Talk, the podcast that takes a deep dive into the world of miscarriage, infertility, infant loss, and stillbirth. Hosted by Daniel Landau, founder of menshelpline.org, we'll be sitting down every week with real guys to discuss their stories, struggles, and triumphs. So grab a drink, sit tight, and let's talk. Hello and welcome to another great episode of Men Talk, where men talk about miscarriage, infant loss, stillbirth, and infertility. On today's episode, we have a guest by the name of Naomi Zran Philippe. I guess you can correct me on how you pronounce your name when you introduce yourself. Um, So feel free to introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little about your journey and your story, and we'll go from there. Hello, everyone. Uh, My name is Nehemiah Jean Philippe. Um, I I live in the United States, uh, Florida, to be exact. and as far as my journey is concerned, it started about three years ago. Um, me and my wife were, you know, we're, we're trying to conceive and it wasn't happening. So after about a year, she goes to see her OBGYN and then the OBGYN tells her, you know, everything looks good with you. It's supposed to be happening. So. Just continue to have fun. And uh, so we continue. And then two years later, something, something's still not happening, right? And I see the amount of of, of grief, the amount, the pain on my wife. And, and, and in this process, it was uh, February 2019. I remember... Going, I, I remember hearing a scream and then going to the bathroom and she's like, you know, and it's, it's going to be a little graphic, but she's lying in a pool of blood. Right. And she was, she, she then told me that she was pregnant. And then, you know, when I, once, once it all clicked, I just, I, I kind of realized what just happened. And I'm, man, I'm, I'm, a, I'm like, it's the most blood I ever seen. So fast forward, uh, about 2020, 2021, um, that's kind of when we, uh, start to take this whole, like, let's go figure out what's going on. Right. And I remember there being a feeling of whatever's going on. I hope the problem is with me because I feel like I'm strong enough to shoulder that the problem is with me versus her, you know, and all in this, um, then we, we go to the the fertility clinic, awesome people, Vera fertility. Um, and they kind of, you know, that's the first time I'm hearing about male factor. That's the first time I'm hearing about this. Cause you know, all, all your life you're taught, you get married, you, 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 and this is a grown man's podcast. You have sex. She gets pregnant. You know, I, I didn't know that there was so many different things that, uh, was a part of this journey. So the first time I'm learning about male factor, then they, they check her, they tell her everything is good. And then they tell me to do a semen analysis. First time I'm hearing about all of this. So I do my semen analysis. And then, uh, he brings us into a room and he's telling all us all our things. 
everything. And this is when they tell me about IUI. And it's the first, like I said, first time I'm hearing about it. So I go home with that thought in my head. I, uh, I put <clears throat> 1500 to the side. All right. And that's, that's for the IUI. Um, they call me back and they say the issue is with you. You have uh, male factor infertility as a result of uh, low sperm count numbers. The, 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 I felt like I was just hit by a bat. I felt demoralized. I, I didn't even know where to begin because, uh, the first doctor that was on, that was kind of on our case, how he described it to me just made it kind of seem like all hope was lost for me. And it's like his thing was immediately IVF, IVF, IVF. And I, I, I was absolutely getting a little bit overwhelmed because I'm like, my sister went through the process of IVF as a result of her having PCOS. So she went through that process. And I remember her husband having a conversation with me and him telling me like the financial ramifications of it and how much it was. And I'm like, under no circumstance was I prepared to A, go through that, B, uh, spend that kind of money. And it just, he just kept making it seem like that was the only hope. That was the only hope. That was the only hope. Right. So eventually one of the, um, one of the, uh, nurses gave me the car to, uh, a, one of, a, a urologist that he, uh, he, his doc, what's the word I'm looking for? So just to paraphrase, he deals with sexual health and in the male sexual health organs. All right. So he made me, he made me go, uh, I went to the doctor and everything happened so quick. Um, I'm a believer in God. So I just think that he had something to do with it as well. Uh, so, and she was telling me that it's kind of difficult to get to this doctor. Um, the doctor was first of all, it was two hours away from where I live, but the doctor, um, he was just always so booked because that's who that fertility clinic referred everyone to. Right. So I called and it was a Monday. I was able to get an appointment that Wednesday. I went to him. He, uh, did everything and he, he looked at the numbers and he said, look, he gave me a sense of relief because he told me the fact that you have um sperm, that means it's nothing genetic going on. Right. And then he did the whole measure to scrotum and all of these things, all these tests. And, you know, I left there feeling a little bit optimistic. And then uh once I got my labs and they came back, he told me that I have low sperm count as a result of low testosterone. Right. And then he asked me a series of questions because I don't ever remember feeling sluggish. I don't ever remember feeling lethargic. I don't ever, you know, remember my, um, my, uh, 
let's just call it a, a my my sex drive being down. I don't I don't remember, I, but I have low testosterone. I I just couldn't like I said I couldn't understand it, and you know he prescribed me Clomid and the Nastrozole. Take one Clomid one day in Nastrozole, the next day, um, and my testosterone numbers was going up. And as a result of my testosterone numbers going up, my uh, sperm count went up, but my morphology went to zero. So now when I go back to the fertility clinic, they're looking at their morphology numbers. They're like, e- e- you know, like if, the, you know, morphology has to do with the shape of the sperm the head and, and how it penetrates the egg and things like that. And, you know, that he's kind of pushing IVF still, you know, saying, hey, ICSI, IVF with ICSI might be, might be, uh, might be worth it, might worth, might be worth a shot. So I just continue with the Clomid, still demoralized, still feeling emotionless. And, and this is kind of when I, where I seek out help. And it brought me to that male factor infertility group on Facebook with the guys only. And then it, it just came a sense of relief knowing that, that there's a lot of, it's more common than uncommon. And there's a lot of guys in there that I can talk to and get advice from and, and read their stories. And, you know, it, it kind of, but then the one thing that I kind of like about the group is that everyone was just so supportive of each other. Like, Everyone was just always so supportive and encouraging. I'm reading comments and they're saying, this is going to happen for you, brother. And this, that, and third. And I'm like, yeah, this is someplace that I want to be. So um, I go to my follow-up with the urologist. And he says that your numbers are good enough for IUI. So... <laughs> I, uh, once he tells me that I then present my, uh, wife with the money that I saved up for her and I tell her, Hey, let's go do this. And then I'm, I'm a very like numbers guy. Make it make sense. It has to make sense. You know what I mean? And I'm looking at it and I'm like, yo, I have a, because they tell you, I believe it's a 15 to 35% chance that you get pregnant during the IUI, right? A 15 to 35% chance. And I'm like, I'm spending about 1500 for 15 to 35% chance. To me, as a male, it's just not worth it. But when I thought that I had a 15 to 35% chance of letting my wife have the things she desired, to me, that was worth it, you know? And I'm going to just piggyback a little bit, um, rewind a little bit. Throughout that process, um, I uh, did spoke to a nutrition a nutritionist, and I asked her, what are some f- foods that can help raise your testosterone level? Because I did feel like the Clomid was helping, but I didn't feel like it was helping enough, Right. She told me uh, walnuts, pomegranate, um, spinach. Uh, she told me about um, um, ashwagandha, maca, bunyu Greek, 
Um, so I begin, you know, and this is, I'm no medical expert, but, um, you know, once she told me that I, I started to take those supplements, I got on my vitamins again, uh, D3, uh, to, uh, a, com- a complete vitamin, uh, vitamin C, um, just to kind of get my health in order. I started going to the gym every, uh, about four times a week, every morning. Um, and then at night I do my nightly walks, you know, just things to hopefully get my body in order. So those are some things I did in the process. And we did the IUI and it wasn't successful. We did it in August of 2021, August of 2021. It wasn't successful. Demoralized. Um, uh, uh, just a sinking feeling of all hope was lost because you feel like you did everything right so it could work, but it didn't work, right? But then the following month uh, in September, my wife got pregnant naturally. And uh, here we are um, in April of 2022 with a baby due June 16th, you know? So it's been a, it's, it's been a journey, but, um, you know, like, like the thing I was telling her the other day, you know, and it's not to, not to put, um, a damper on any, anyone else's journey because, you know, being part of this journey, you know, I want to empathize with everyone because I know how painful it's, you know, how painful this journey is. Like it's a, it's a never ending journey because like, you know, she, my wife, uh, throughout this process, she caught COVID and as a result of COVID, she developed a kidney issue. Um, they, 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 they really don't want to go through anything or treat it right now because, you know, having to do x-rays, they don't want to do any damage to the kid. But when she, uh, when that pain happens, it, it, it makes it, it, makes her bedridden for hours at a time and you know sometimes I tell her you know my thought is I hope I hope everything works out because I don't want to endure another three years you know like you're going through this process and the only thing that you can think about is I hope she carries to term and I hope this baby survives because you know, it's just, it's just pessimistic thoughts that kind of cloud your mind, cloud your vision. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm over here trying to be optimistic and pray for her. But then you got all of these things that's in front of you, you know what I mean? So that's just kind of my journey. You've had quite a, quite a interesting journey. It's not the first time that I've heard that a lot of guys say, you don't, I'm going to put money aside. And then, try all these treatments. I'm doing it for her, you know, to have kid. And then boom, you spend the money, doesn't necessarily work. And then you get pregnant naturally. So it's almost like I take catch 22. Like why go through that whole process of spending the money on the try and get pregnant when you never know you get pregnant naturally. I mean, right, it right. probably must've been a crazy journey that way. Did you ever think twice of, Hey, I'm spending all this money on the IUI and, and, it, and it didn't work. And now I'm, I got pregnant naturally. Um, <laughs> 
you know, like I said, because I'm a numbers guy, um, I'll, it, it's times I, I thought twice about it, but, um, you know, the fact that it happened naturally, it was like, oh man, um, man, I could take this as if, you know, it, you know, the money well spent, <laughs> but, um, you know, but then at the same time, you're kind of like, man, like that's, you know, and, and 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 all throughout this process, uh, let me let me say something. Uh, COVID hit. So when COVID hit, I was furloughed from my job, right? So, <laughs> and and all throughout this process, um, of December twenty twenty, I was furloughed, and uh, I'm 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 every single day I'm waking up, I'm doing about 70 job applications. So I really don't got that money to spend. But the fact that, you know, it's, it's, it was just worth a shot to me, you know? So. Yeah, no, definitely. What, what was it like for you in terms of, you know, you, you were walking in, you thought it, was, it might be a bloodbath. You're putting money aside, you know, the whole journey going to the doctor when obviously the, the typical male answer is, whoa, wait a second. Don't tell me I have, you know, low sperm count, low mobility. What are you talking about? I'm, you know, I'm just a normal, healthy guy. Right. What was that like for you? I know you said you felt overwhelmed. I mean, how how did you react? What what advice would you give to other guys going through that, getting that getting that reaction? My my reaction, I was, um, like I said, I felt like it was a gut check. I felt like I was punched in the stomach. Um, but then I, I think what kind of made it worse is the, uh, our physician. And right after he gives you the news, he's pushing IVF. So I'm, I'm, uh, well, let's just go back. The first, first time I, I, I sit there and I see a, a bloodbath, I'm, you know, everything isn't registering as to what's happening until she told me that, you know, she was pregnant and she was just kind of waiting to surprise me. And I'm, you know, so then I, you know, I pick her up, I get her cleaned up. I go to the bathroom. I start cleaning the bathroom and just, I just feel grief. I feel lost, you know, and, and like the thing is, is, you know, you're kind of cleaning up your kid's blood off the floor. So it, that, that feeling, um, I, I wouldn't wish it upon my worst enemy, but at the fertility clinic, when you, you know, you get that news and you feel that gut check. Um, if I could give men any advice, I, I'll say, slow it down, right? Slow it down. Just, just, just take it all in. Cause one of the things that I've uh, learned that I, I really value in this process is, kind of slowing everything down to itemize everything, right? So I can get my thoughts cleared and I can tackle one one issue at a time, right? Because for me, I felt like one of the things that were overwhelming me and stressing me is trying to, trying to make sense of everything at once. You know what I mean? Like, what? It's me? Let me, let me, let me go ahead and get this money so she can do it. I don't even understand what, what male factor is. I like how, 
how how do I have low, low sperm count? When did it happen? Why did it happen? I'm having all of these questions in the process of me trying to figure everything out and be the man and fix everything. All of these questions that's left unanswered because the truth is, like, it, you know, it was as a result of to- low testosterone, but then I'm like, how do I have low testosterone? Like, how did it happen? When did it happen? Why did it happen? Like, did something happen in my, uh, to, to, to dip that as far as my health is concerned? So if I can give them I mean, any advice, I say slow down, itemize everything, tackle one issue at a time. And then, you know, another thing is, you know, kind of, you know, kind of selfishly, but I, I don't think the uh, woman kind of gets it. But, you know, for my wife, it's something that she really wanted, right? And the goal, like for me, the goal was to do it uh, the next month, that September. But, you know, kind of the push of your wife, you you you, you do it in, uh, I did it that August. And, it, it, you know, like you're, you're the, the sometimes, you know, what the missus wants, take take uh precedent over what you want makes sense so yeah yep. I, I yeah i just itemize everything and slow it down i'm curious about your experience with the clomid because i hear a lot of times that people are taking that but this is the first time i'm really hearing that that a male was giving it you know I, right. there's one other case that i've heard that that a friend of mine who i was speaking to said Oh, he's on a trial. He's actually taking Gonalaf, which is a medication that, that the woman takes during the IVF cycle. So what was that experience like for you taking, taking the Clomid? I mean, did it feel strange that you were taking these medications for, for fertility reasons? I know it was a shock and it was a gut punch, but did you have your questions answered? Did the doc, were the doctors receptive towards how you were feeling or do you think there needs to be more sensitivity training training to the to the doctors dealing with male infertility i absolutely do feel like there needs to be more sensitivity training my my process and and good doctor but when i tell you this dude is like blunt like it is blunt i remember there was one day you know uh, when my wife went for the consult prior to the IUI happening. And then he says, everything's good with you. He just got to get his issues worked out. And in the moment of me doing everything I feel like I possibly can to make sure that this happens, that's what you tell me. Like, there, there was just... In that process, to me, it was just no sympathy. It was no empathy towards what was going on. <laughs> I remember even when uh, he saw my uh, my labs for my testosterone, he's like, "What what's going on? Like, did did you gain weight? Do you feel energy? Can you even perform in bed with your wife?" It's just a whole lot of questions, and I'm like, "Yo, like." I just got the news, not you. Like you, you know. And I sometimes I f- I feel like because you know it, it, you you you've done it for so long, you forget how to empathize with it. You know. So, but as far as uh, the clomid, 
Um, I feel like it was something I, I, I feel like it was just a, a trial with, you know, kind of a trial and error thing. Um, never really got the questions answered as far as how the testosterone dipped, what made it dip. Like, it's just, Hey, this is what it is. And this is what you got to do. And I feel like it was uh, a real trial, trial and error. It worked. Um, I'm, I'm grateful that it worked, but, uh, I kind of, I, I didn't like it. Um, just because of the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I, I feel like I went through, I don't, the words slip in my mind, but I went through, um, some hair loss during the process. Um, I do feel like I had, uh, mood swings. Um, so, and I, I, I realized that I was more prone to, uh, as far as like anxiety and agitation, like it's when, while I was on Clomid, it took me, if I got angry, if I got sad, if I got emotional about something, it took me longer to fight out of that. Like, whereas before I can kind of go through it, process it. And then I'm out of that emotion. But, but like, while I was on Clomid, it, it just took way long for me to get through that emotion. Oh, yeah, it's unbelievable. You know, you, you never think, what are the side effects going to be to me? Yes, you know, that's when, the word. Thank you. Side effects. <laughs> you know, you always hear side effects may include X, Y, Z, but you never think, what is the direct effect going to be on myself, my personal life, how I'm feeling, what I'm doing, my daily productivity. You know, I just can imagine, you know, the anxiety, the stress, the pain when going through that, because meanwhile, you're there, you're providing for your family, you're trying to work COVID's hit. I mean, there's so many factors going on. What right. would you, what would you have liked to see done differently or different outlets for yourself? Um, I think for starters, one of the things that I probably would have liked to seen done differently. Um, I'm I'm big. I'm a big. I'm a big people person. Um, I remember when when I first got the news. You know, it's something embarrassing, right? Because you're a man. This is not supposed to do something for you. This is not something that's supposed to happen to you. Right. Um, and I remember even after it, uh, my wife was pregnant and I was battling with myself that, you know, do I want to put my, my journey out there? Do I want to put, do I want to put the story out there? It, it bothered me because, you know, I didn't realize how like I said in the beginning, how more common than uncommon this is. And I think throughout the process, um, men, 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 men need more empathy from physicians, you know, sometimes even their wives, because, you know, and, and I, I, I look at the Facebook group and I sometimes see what the men vent about. And, Men, men care equally as much, if not more, 
to 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 reach the goal of having a child and i see what men go through and and i'm happy for resources like this you know that gives men men a platform to share their story and you know be be a be a crutch for other men going through these things too but more empathy from the physicians i i wish that i had more of an explanation if they could do more in-depth analysis as to what's going on because it's just you know they just kind of they kind of leave you in limbo you know what i mean i don't think there's enough uh research on on the male infertility male factor infertility side for them to kind of pinpoint hey this is what's going on and this is where the problem is you know it's it's always kind of uh yeah low sperm count as a result of, uh, let's just say you went through cancer and you had to do te- um, chemo, as a result of chemo, as a result of low testosterone, as a result of boom, boom, boom. But, you know, it's it's like there's no pinpoint. Like, this is what you did and this is what you got to change to do to get here, you know. So I wish there was, you know, more understanding, more more of a walkthrough throughout the process um for the women who listen to this maybe you know you can be more empathetic towards your spouse your partner because like i said i i i see uh, i see a group of men on that uh, facebook group who care a lot so i'm i'm right there with you i think that's wise advice and wise words again the key thing to remember here to all of our listeners you are not alone. The statistics show one in four pregnancies end in a miscarriage. One in eight couples struggle with infertility. One in 160 births end in a stillbirth. And one in a thousand babies die of SIDS every year and in infant loss. So please, 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 if you are struggling with these issues, do not be afraid to, to reach out to us. Post on these groups, reach out, have a conversation and be really open with it because it does help. Thank you so much for uh, being on the show and uh, we look forward to continuing the conversation. Yes, sir. I really do appreciate you having me. Um, if I can say anything to the men out there, man, um, I'm, you know, be, be hopeful. Cause I think once, once, uh, once there's no hope, there's nothing to fight for. So to the men out there, the families out there, the women out there, everyone who's going through this journey, um, it's not a journey that I would wish on my worst enemy, but continue to be hopeful. Because once that hope tank is empty, there's nothing left to fight for. So, And the saying goes, you got to believe. Keep that hope alive. Keep it strong. Because it will happen in the right time. It will happen. You just got to believe. Yes, sir. You've just listened to another great episode of Men Talk with Daniel Landau. If you've suffered from miscarriage, infertility, stillbirth, or infant loss and want to open up about it, reach out. We'd love to have you on the show. You can also join our Facebook group, or if you'd like to get involved and start a chapter in your neighborhood, visit our website, www.menshelpline.org today. Until next week, stay strong, and remember, you're not alone.